right. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast. I'm your host, Joey Palazzolo. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. We are your source of Blues daily content, and uh, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And to uh, start us off on episode two here, we're going to talk about the uh, Blues and Avalanche recap from last night, as in Monday night. It was a 5-2 to two Blues win. They are in full control of first place of the Central Division. Uh, David Prahn continues to lead the way. Jordan Kyrie with a little flash. Uh, what do you guys think? How was it? Uh, big stuff. Big stuff out of big statement game. Honestly, yes, yes. Um, especially early on, it was looking it was looking pretty shaky. Um, went down two one. You know, weren't really looking like a looking like a cup contending team. Looking a little looking a little slow. Looking a little behind. And then, like they've shown, like they've been known to do all year, it's just you blink, and all of a sudden it's 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 relentless. It's all of a sudden, boom, two two, three two, and and the, all of a sudden the Avs are losing. So that's what this team is capable of. We saw it in the Chicago game. It's it's you count them out for one second, and they and they flip a switch, and they turn on that that Stanley Cup winning mentality, and they're right back in games. You can't put them away. Yeah, I mean, I when you talk about a statement game, you talk about a statement game as a team. You talk about a statement game as players too. I mean, I think Justin Falk played his best hockey as a St. Louis Blue last game. Uh, I mean, obviously David Perron asserted himself as the Blues' best player right now, top goal scorer in the league, has as many points as Alexander Ovechkin right now. Like, you literally can't ask for more of the guy. And uh, I mean, hopefully we don't leave him open for an expansion draft again, but you never know. He'll come back. Exactly. If we do as is tradition. How about the, uh, how about the play of Robert Thomas lately? And Oscar. Sundquist? I know Robert Thomas had the three assist game uh, a couple nights ago and uh, Sunquist coming back from injury. uh, Another two assist game last night against Colorado. I think it's starting. It's it's kind of safe to say he's the engine of this team in a way, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw it when when he's gone down. We saw the difference in, in quality of the team. Uh, Sonny is super valuable. You know, one of those guys that coming over in the trade. You look at the stats and you're like, eh. You know, you can't really do it justice until you watch him play. But he's just 110 percent every shift. I know it's a cliche, but if there's one guy on this team that you would describe as the ideal hockey cliche, and probably Craig Ruby's favorite player, it's Oscar Sunquist. And I think, too, like, if you look back to last season, like, the months of December and January is really when the team started to turn it around and find their identity. So this could be this could be the, the beginning of us starting to get those wheels under us and just kind of take the momentum all the way to the playoffs. But uh, a, another statement game, Jordan Cairo. How about the kid, man? Oh, just man. wheeling and dealing down the heights all night, finally gets rewarded after he gets sent down to the fourth line trying to spark something. Uh, Bruby said he just wanted to switch things up, and lo and behold, dude scores a highlight goal on a wraparound. Around. Yep the the definition of the, the definition of the Blues mentality of blink and you miss it blink and they're back in this game you you take one shift off you take one second off like Nikita Zadorov did right there next thing you know Jordan Kairou flying up the flying down the boards wrap around easy goal and, thanks for I mean, coming exactly and I, I know I've seen reports of of Jordan Kairou before before making the NHL people were saying Jordan Kairou was the best the best skater not in the NHL and the best skater not named Connor McDavid that's high praise especially Especially for a kid who was at his, in the time only in juniors, only in the AHL, and now he's making a name for himself in the big leagues. I'm really excited to see what's to come from him. And it's it's easy to get caught up in his 
offensive prowess, obviously he's a lethal weapon when he's in the offensive zone. But a lot of people are talking about his inability to play defense or back. Not inability, I guess, but his lack thereof at the NHL level because obviously they're all big boys and he's more of a speedster. But I, he's been playing fine to me. His board play has been good. Um, and even if you look back to the San Antonio Rampage, I think he was top three in their plus minus. So it's not something that his game is lacking really or it's not something that needs um, serious yeah. attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's holding he's, his own out there yeah. and, and he's – Flying down the ice in the offensive zone, I I I I can't say anything bad about the kid. I'm in love with him. <laughs> I agree. Uh, let's dive into these goals here because not only was that Kyrie goal a beautiful goal, but uh, we had, we had multiple highlight reel goals last night. Yes, so, we uh, did. To oh open the scoring, God. we had uh, David Prawn entering the zone. Good, uh, good body control, keeping off the Avs defender, finding Ryan O'Reilly in the, the uh, upper point up there on the top right, and he found David Prime somehow, some way back door, and I don't even think Grubauer knew what was happening. He didn't I- move. <laughs> on an empty net that was first goal of the game that was that was just textbook right there with their chemistry that's just fireworks i mean i just having the wherewithal to dangle his defender keep him keep him away while also like searching the ice and just an insane angle of the on the pass and david perron just wide open yeah grubauer never even sees it and it's easy money and then we had uh we had back-to-back goals by colorado answering in the second period with kadri and ranton and i believe uh one of those goals were on the power play if not both maybe but i'm not 100 percent sure on that one but uh that Rantanen goal that the Rantanen goal tough one Rantanen goal was, was a power play goal yep yeah that was a tough yep. one uh slid right under bennington's pad he almost got over for that it's a it's, goal, it's a goal scorer's goal you, you can't fall yeah. in there that's yep. a goal scorer's goal i 100 percent agree and well, uh, both speaking, of them i feel like we're just kind of a, it's just kind of a case of the blues losing side of that back back side of the ice because you kind of watched as the defense like kind of get into that puck watching feel right and some of those are like, going right right yeah it's gonna happen from time to time um i feel like that could be something that the blues kind of look at in the future as they need to hone up um because i mean if that pack if that backside pass does happen comes across i mean bennington's gonna have to make a highlight reel save to save those so you gotta give your goalie a chance but exactly. yeah no that that ranting goal is an absolute snipe like if that like obviously you want to keep that puck from coming across but like it happens and just like top corner not much you can do yeah exactly and then uh, speaking of power plays, we had Nazem Kadri, high stick, Colton Preko, which drew a four-minute double minor at the end of the second period, which also led to a, uh, a pair of power play goals within about, I think, 36 seconds was the exact timing. Uh, that first one was David Perron. Can we talk about that uh, curl and drag shoot right there? He, he is perfecting that this year. That move, yeah, that's that textbook. That's textbook, baby. That, that is vintage David Prown right there. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. That one was assisted by Alex Petrangelo and Jaden Schwartz. And then the my favorite goal of the game, just because it was just so out of the blue. It looks like it's a broken play on the power play. Uh, Vince Stone keeps it in the zone. He finds he, he gets him, splits the defenseman, finds Tyler Bozak on the right dot. Somehow, someway, Bozak had the vision to find Vince Stone right there. Give it go. Another empty netter. Yeah, I mean, 
the big thing about this power play to me was four minute power play is huge but they got it late in the period so I was a little I was a little worried I'm like damn you know the Blues they always struggle getting momentum on the power play they're gonna waste this you know they're gonna squander it because half of it's gonna be in the next period and what do you know they proved me wrong they're like you know what we don't even need we don't even need next period we'll just we'll just bang bang take care of them right now and that's that's not something you saw from the Blues of, of the of the 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 woeful era when the power play was trash even in the playoffs we we struggled with the power play and you know now that we're starting to get that going um guys like justin falk you know uh playing well on the power play uh mark savard bringing new looks to the power play it's it's been good this year and you've seen you've seen the blues struggle this season too with um closing out periods or the openings of periods letting up goals those early goals or those late goals are always a backbreaker and it was nice to see them on the other end of it this time absolutely so uh entering the third period blues have a 3-2 lead uh we've seen this story before uh, another, not only have the Blues came back from a lot of games, but they've also gave a lot of leads up late, sending it to overtime and such. So momentum carried into the third period, 3-2 Blues lead, and then all of a sudden a lightning bolt went down the ice, went around the net, and scored a wraparound goal. And Jordan Cairo put the dagger in the coffin with that one, I, I believe. 4-2 Blues lead there. What do you guys think about that goal? I mean, it's just a... It, really, it's just a case of Jordan Cairo going, going full Super Saiyan. So, uh... I, I, there's nothing else to say. It's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. I want to see more of it. Keep them up here. Give them more minutes. That's all so, I gotta say. So, so there's a there's a there's an uh, an NBA uh, qualification. You're, you're you're called a shot creator. If you can make your own shot, that's not as common in the NHL. It's really hard to to single handedly create an opportunity out of nothing. The Blues have someone who can do that right now. I don't know if anyone on the team or in the league can do it. Can, or many people in the league can do it quite as well as Kairou can. He can he can just get the puck in the middle of nowhere and just turn on the Jets. Next thing you know, he creates space, creates open ice. Defense or, defensemen are flat-footed and out of nothing, we got a goal. And that's really valuable for any NHL team to have, as we, as we know. And we saw a glimpse of that with Kairou's goal. And another point I want to touch on really fast, I, I don't want to get ahead of my help, myself here and make comparisons especially to someone as elite as this guy. Um, but I think watching Jordan Cairo and Nathan McKinnon on the ice at the same time, or not, maybe not the same time, but at the same, in the same game. venue. Yeah, in the same game last night. I don't want to say that Jordan Cairo is going to be Nathan McKinnon. That's just, that's way over anything. Like, it's his second year in the league. He's still young. He's still got a lot of time ahead of him. But I think... A guy like Nathan McKinnon is Jordan Cairo's like ceiling or archetype. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like mean, protect the puck, play with high speed, um, develop plays quickly. He's got that motor. I mean, it's just the sky's the limit for the kid, and I can't you, wait to watch. You know who he reminds me of? I, I see where it comes from with the, with the Nathan McKinnon comparison, but. If, if you really look at Nathan McKinnon, he is an ox out there. He's already built. I mean, I'm not saying Jordan true. Kyrie can't get to that point. But he, no, Nathan McKinnon, McKinnon has, has that lower body brain. like Tarasenko. Yeah. Yes, yep. yes. Yep. Uh, Jordan Kyrie reminds me of like a Johnny Goudreau type. Uh, yes. A guy that has the, the stick yes. skills, the foot speed. He's he's the finesser on the ice. He he like like Josh, he can create his own his own shots. He's a game breaker, and there's not many of those in this league. Game right breaker. Now. That is the perfect term to decide yeah. to describe Jordan Kyrou. I'll take that. I like that. I like that better actually. Yeah. yeah no. And then obviously wrap, wrapping up the game, we got that David Perron hat trick because. Who else would score the empty netter with four minutes left? Questionable coaching decision, but <laughs> but hey, I'm not complaining. 
It's nice seeing all those hats go flying. So uh, overall recap to finish off this segment here. Uh, good game. Solid win. Statement win. We already touched on Jordan Cairo. Everybody knows about that. Anybody else catch you guys? I, me personally, I think Robert Thomas is starting to play the best hockey in his NHL career so far. Yeah, the points will come. The points will come. He, I agree. He thinks the game at an elite, elite, elite level. The the plays he makes uh, are, are those of, of players who have been in the league for, you know, a decade. It's it's crazy watching him High out caliber. there. Yeah, it's crazy watching him out there realizing he's he's just a second year player. But the points will come. It's it's not it's not a case of rookie doesn't know where to be or young guy is in the wrong place at the wrong time making mistakes. It's just it's just, you know, He's he's making the right plays. He's get not getting the bounces as much, but his he he is dominant out there when he wants to be, and he's making a difference for this team, even if it's not shown on the scoreboard. And there is a uh, there's there's a fine line just to touch on that really quick. There's a fine line in the comparison of Jordan Kyrie and and, Jordan, and uh, Robert Thomas. Uh, Jordan Kyrie does have that game breaking ability like we were just talking about, and that's to say Robert Thomas doesn't have that, but he has more of that. Patrice Bergeron in them where he controls the game. He controls the flow. He finds his teammates. He, he's solid defensively. It's two different player types, except, man, I can't wait to see where they're at in five years from now. Oh, my God. Yeah, can't wait. Final touch. I think uh, I think Ryan O'Reilly really had a good game last game. And it – it's it's I don't want to say that he's been playing bad. He just been ha- he hasn't been playing up to the caliber that he usually does, especially defensively. This plus minus is not near as good as it was last season and not near as good as it usually is. Um and I think that's kind of wearing on him and frustrating him a little bit. So it was good to see um, two assists out of him. He did miss <laughs> a wide open chance to finally score his first goal at home since game um, six. Or <laughs> since yeah. game six of, of the yeah. Stanley Cup final, it's been a it's been a, it's been a hot minute from from for uh, Ryan O'Reilly goal at Enterprise Center. But you know he's. He's one of those guys where he doesn't have to put up stats. You know, it's it's a, a goal from Ryan O'Reilly is a cherry on top because night in, night out, he's a worker. He's breaking up plays in the defensive end. He's making smart plays in the offensive end. He he's a guy you want on on the ice whenever you can have him, whether he's scoring. Right, or not. exactly. And it, it, I I feel like he's been visibly frustrated lately. But it was nice to see. Uh, I feel like his defensive play was there last night, and obviously his playmaking hasn't really strayed anywhere. So. Love to see it. All right, so yeah, we saw some big news around the uh, around the league, such as the Taylor Hall trade. Um, I'm not sure who broke that trade. Do you know who broke the Taylor Hall trade? Who broke the T? Bro- Speaking of oh, breaking I- T. Um, oh yeah, caught God. you guys off guard there. Didn't oh, see that if you're looking for a last-minute Christmas gift for the sports fan in your life, please check out BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn. They make sports t-shirts for all teams and all passionate moments. Great for all fans, all ages, every team. I'm pretty sure they got some good blues ones on there right now, as we talked about yesterday. Um, good sales for the holidays. Uh, go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn again, and please check them all out. Let us know if you if you pick one up. Uh, they're They're really nice. Santa, I know you're listening to this. I need about four of these shirts under my Christmas tree this year. Um, yes. Yes, you did please. me good with the We Sleep in July shirts in, in, in July. That's Christmas came earlier there. But, uh, yeah, check out BreakingT.com. All right. Perfect. And I will stop recording. Moving on Moving on into the uh, second segment. Oh, fuck that. I'm going no to no pause worries. that out. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> We're chilling. Moving on to segment two of the show, uh, big news over the weekend. 
some of us thought we were gonna have an early Christmas present with a uh, Taylor Hall and a blue note, but some things don't always work out, and he ended up getting traded from the New Jersey Jet Devils to the Arizona Coyotes for uh, prospects Nick Merkley, Nate Schnarr, Kevin Ball, the conditional first-round draft pick and second-round draft pick. Uh, Devils executing the trade, kind of throwing up the white flag on the season. I don't blame them. They don't have Jordan Bennington. But uh, what do you guys think about this trade? Um, so my reaction going in, uh, heading into it, um, a, lot of, a lot of people on Twitter were very divided. My reaction was price is too high, not worth mortgaging uh, a big amount of your future um, if you're the Blues because we've already dipped into the prospect pool for trades past. We want to keep that that um, we want to keep that stocked. And a lot of people were questioning. A lot of people were saying, "Well, no, you got to go for it now." You know, look what the Blackhawks did. They they sure they sure they suck now, but they won a few cups. And then if you went in and you read um, uh, the Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford had an article about um, about the Blues stance on the trade, and he basically said Doug Armstrong did test the water, but quickly just backed out as soon as it, it, stating that the price was too high so I think that I, I'm glad the Blues made the decision that they did and I think that it came from a place that, that or at least where my thoughts were that price is just too high too much of a bidding war not worth it for a potential uh, most likely a rental and you don't if you're the Blues you'd like Taylor Hall he'd certainly boost your team Obviously, but unlike the Coyotes, he's not like your missing piece to being a cup contender. You're he's not all, a cornerstone, right? You're yeah. all you're already a cup contender if you're the St. Louis Blues. Don't forget that. So, it, well, it would have been nice. I don't think we should. I don't think we should be too spoiled as Blues fans. I think we can say, okay, we don't need every player. Let him go screw around in Arizona for a couple months and then sign somewhere else. I'm not too worried about it. I'm glad we kept we kept our prospects, kept our draft picks. Yeah, I mean, and even if you just look at our injury list and look at all the guys we've got lined up to coming back in, like, we're going to be fine down the stretch. We're fine right now, even (laughs) battered and beaten as we are. Like, this team is relentless, as we've said multiple times. It's next man up mentality. The depth on this team is insane. Like, they all just pick each other up, no problem. But, I mean, yeah, a guy like Taylor Hall, you look at the amount of prospects he got, the three, I think, that they got, or was it with three or two? Three? Three. It was three yeah. with two conditional picks. That's right. Yeah, so there are three prospects. Um, none of them were rated as high as Cairo or Costin, so even just thinking that, like, yeah, we're going to give up a guy like Cairo or Costin or both for a rental piece that's just going to leave after the season, like, it just doesn't make sense. And honestly, with the way the league is going now with speed base and all these young guys, you look at Kale McCarr coming in, you look at all these rookies, Elias Pedersen coming in and just immediately making inf- impacts for their teams. Prospects are more valuable now than they've ever been and having those entry-level contracts to have them play under while you already have massive contracts going to guys like Ryan O'Reilly, guys like Vladimir Tarasenko. Having that balance during cup runs is how dynasties happen, and I'm more than happy that Jeremy Rutherford said I'm good there. Right. Look at look at look at what Pittsburgh did. Pittsburgh kept their core. They kept they kept Crosby. They kept Malkin. They didn't even keep Kessel. They kept Latang. They didn't even keep Flurry. But they, you know who they surrounded those centers with? Young guys on rookie deals, and and some of them they kept. Some of them they they gave you know nice bridge deals to. Some of them they moved on from. There's a healthy balance, and I think if if we tried to load our team full of veterans, it would be great now. 
now. But then once those guys all start hitting the wrong side of 30, you see yourself in a, in a Chicago Blackhawks situation where you're at the bottom of the league and in cap hell versus what Pittsburgh did, which was kind of in between. Granted, they're not in the best situation right now cap-wise, but you know what? Year in, year out, Pittsburgh is a contender no matter what. You don't see that with Chicago. They were at the top of their game for a while, and then they were, and then they're at the bottom of the league. So I think there's a healthy balance, and I think Doug Armstrong is well aware of that and is following it. It's the kind of thing that uh, the Cardinals, like everyone that the Cardinals play, they're like, oh, Cardinals have that black magic. Well, not really. We just have a lot of prospects that can come in, plug in and play, and they excel in the MLB because they've been in the system for so long and we've got good coaches and stuff. It's the same kind of concept. Blues are trying to get that black magic going instead of putting it all away for Taylor Hall. That's good recap. Uh, to close this out, um, for those that aren't in, uh, to up to date on prospects around the NHL, uh, to compare the trade to the Blues prospects, Kevin Ball was the uh, defenseman, a part of the deal. That's the centerpiece of the deal. He would be like a Jordan Kyrie of the Blues. Uh, he's on Canada's World Junior team here in a week or two. He's supposed to get top four minutes there. He's a highly touted prospect, but again, Jordan Kyrie has that game-breaking ability. Adds to and his I value. Think- but if you follow the athletic at all, there's a guy named Corey Pronman who's like specializes in prospects. I think he had Jordan Cairo rated as the 22nd overall prospect, and I think Ball was uh, like a hundred or something like that. So, right, right. So Jordan Cairo obviously has that greater value due to that game-breaking ability, like we were talking about. And uh, the, the other two pieces in that deal would be about comparable to like a Alexi Toropchenko and like a Mitch Ranke or Scott Perinovich type. And then you got to add in another first-round pick and then conditional third and second-round picks as well. So kind of a steep price, but, I mean, it's a former MVP. I think it says a lot that Doug Armstrong was interested in the whole shenanigans to begin with, and I think that's a sign of things to come. I do think Jordan Cairo is going to be here to stay for the foreseeable future, possibly the rest of the year and playoffs. But um, I think Doug Armstrong is testing those waters, and I think a guy like maybe Chris Crowder out of New York could be that golden ticket here in about two months. I think it's very telling uh, how much Barubi likes the play of Cairo that he keeps putting him on the first line. I agree. It's uh, They're definitely trying to find some chemistry there with Schwartzy and uh, Shin up front. That's a lot of speed up there. I I do think Kairou has looked the best out of all the other contestants, I guess you could call them, that have tried out in that spot where Tarasenko is obviously void at. But, uh, again, I I do think we're going to get Tarasenko back, hopefully, right before playoffs. If not, I still think we're loaded. But let's 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 take it day by day right now. I, I do think the Blues will be hungry in that trade market come uh, come trade deadline time. We'll have plenty to talk about that. But I I, I want to say Jordan Kyrie is going to be here to stay for a little bit longer than we think. For sure. And I don't want to I don't want to take a step into the twilight zone. I don't want to be that guy. But Jordan Kyrie did get called up on December 9th. So did Jordan Bennington. So I mean, it, it, we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> How about we make a little statement to uh, look back on here and, and uh, hopefully hopefully June, right? But maybe Jordan Kyrie will score a big-time playoff goal. That, and who knows? Like Man, you said, Jordan Bennington's like, December 9th. Yeah. He got caught up on December 9th. There's a lot of hockey left. I'll, I'll take that. Take that. Tell you what. Tell you what. Let's do a, uh, let's do a bet. Well, some kind of bet. Since you're, I know you're a betting man. I don't know. I okay. What? Uh-huh. Okay. How about this? How about this? Jordan Kyrie will score the game-winning goal of Game Four of the Western Conference Final. How about that? Book it. You said game. He said the game and everything. Book Jordan it. Kyrie. Game Four the of game the Western winner? Conference Final. Game winner. All right, I'll take that. All right, moving on. Tonight for you guys, tomorrow night for us, the Blues take on the Edmonton Oilers in St. Louis. 
Um, big matchup. We get to see uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl take the ice in, in Enterprise Center. That's always fun to watch. Um, you know, and a few other guys that are on that team that don't really contribute that much. But it's okay. Uh should be a good game. Oilers 19-13 and 4. They're, you know, they're kicking around second in the Pacific. Um making a statement this year. Being carried a little bit by their two their two superstars, but should be a fun one. What are you guys expecting? Uh I'm expecting the Blues defensively the centers are going to come out like lockdown. I'm going to get all amped up to play against the greatest player since Wayne Gretzky. And Leon Dreisaitl. And just absolutely lock them down defense. And maybe we'll see a shutout. I don't know. Uh oh. Uh, We will see the greatest player in the NHL, Oscar Sundquist, alongside of uh, Connor (laughs) McDavid. Um, I'm I'm excited to see some high action and then high pace. It's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be should be offensive game. I do. I wouldn't be surprised if Blues shut him down like you just said, though. I play a little small ball, get down on the forecheck, because that's that's Edmonton's weakness. That's their, that's their, that's the that's the, the weakness they've been lacking for years now. But Especially we'll, playing off the emotion of the Colorado game, I feel like we could come out and be like, yeah, let's take it to him. Oh yeah, but yeah, the, the greatest rolling. player in the NHL, Oscar Sundquist, should go out there, score about six goals. It all should be good. And uh, in, in all seriousness, though, I'll be at the game if you're there. Shout me out. Let's let's get some T-shirts going. Let's get some some drinks going. Let's get some goals going. Some Oscar Sundquist hat tricks. Whatever it is, let's do oh, it. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Uh, Joe, Joey, what section are you in? Uh, I don't know for sure. I think it's one fifteen. One fifteen. Alright, everybody, go to section one fifteen and stock. Free shots on Joey Palazzola. You heard it here first. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed Oscar Sundquist hat trick. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Anything <laughs> you could steal from Joey is fair game. His wallet, his clothing. <laughs> Fair game. No, but I'm Joey, that's what we should do. If, if dude, if Jordan Cairo scores a game-winning goal, game four of the playoffs, I'll buy you a bottle of champagne. How about that? Ooh. All right. All right. Maybe we can uh, get a guest in the works on this too. I, I, I'm not gonna spill any any beans yet, but uh, we got some stuff lined up for everybody listening. Uh, some exciting guests. Uh, listen back to this show. Think about the person we mentioned most. Maybe there's your hint, but uh, we, we got some we got some exciting stuff in the works. Thank you guys for checking out episode two of Locked On Blues podcast. Uh, tune in for part two of the YP interview on uh, Thursday, right? Thursday. Yep. Yep. yep this, Thursday. This, 